there, welcome to Isometric Gaming Podcast from a different perspective. I'm Steve Lubitz, and I am here, as always, with uh, Head of Development at Giant Space Cat, uh, Brianna Wu. How you doing, Bri? What's crackalackin'? I heard you yelled at some people tonight, so that was fun. I did, I did. It was it was kind of <laughs> awesome. Like, I gave a, a talk tonight over at Cocoa Heads at MIT, and then I'm like, sorry guys, I would stick around for the after show where y'all go to bars, but I've got to go record my radio show on 5x5, five five, so <laughs> sorry, I'm See out of here. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah. I'm so excited that you liked us better. Sorry. Yeah, yeah we well, won. Well, we're, we're Bree's real family. That's so, true. You, know. you guys understand me the way MIT never does. <laughs> I can't we, imagine why that would be. Yeah, we've tried to make it work. Uh, we also have assistant games editor at Pace Magazine, Maddie Myers. How you doing, Maddie? Uh, I'm doing great now that we're recording Isometric. It's always a pleasure. pleasure. Uh, yeah, it's been kind of a weird week, which I guess we're going to talk about. Sad week, sad week in yeah. the States. So I am excited to talk to my buds about games. Yeah! <laughs> did did Georgia just try to give an Arsenio Hall whoop? I, I think she did. Is that what happened? That was that was not very effective. I think that was the Canadian dog pound is what we just yeah, heard, is, is yeah. what, what we just got. Yeah. So we also have senior editor from iMore and host of the Zenentech podcast, Georgia Dow. How are you doing, Georgia, from the dog pound? I'm good. <laughs> Georgia, I had I realized something this week. I realized I realized your initials are GD. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. I was like, I was thinking about you know, because like my nickname is Bree, and I was like, what kind of nickname can we can we have Georgia? Like, should we call her G Dog or GD? No, or, we should not. Or, or yeah. we should not G-dog. call her either of those. I just love that it took you that it took you 15 weeks to figure out George's initials. <laughs> well, I'm a reasonably intelligent woman, but you know, yeah. There was a day where I was working with my lead engineer Maria Enderton, and I was like, "Your nickname is the Endertron. That's what I'm <laughs> going like to that. call that's you." From now- I know that's a great nickname. It's a great so, nickname. Yeah. All the stuff that my name rhymes with is horrible. I don't know. It. it- <laughs> It could end poorly for me. <laughs> if we're I, doing it right, it ends poorly for you. I mean, I don't true. know. Yeah. That's so true. But I, I have to say, I have, I'm so blessed. Like, really, I woke up today. I got to douse uh, Renee with a bucket of ice water to raise awareness for ALS. Like, that was my morning. I was so excited. Uh, so I did that. Then I put on my little therapy jacket, and I go, and I get to do some psychotherapy, and then I get to come back here and then do the show here. I was like, you know what? I, I live a charmed life. This is fabulous. Do you have oh. a jacket that you put on? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's like when you win the Masters. It's like because, a letter jacket. Like, because, it says therapist on the back. and <laughs> No. Yeah, therapist almost. 2014. It, it almost says, yes, I really am a therapist. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because I I don't, uh, you know, I don't really, people wouldn't expect that if you saw me on the street or anywhere else. Most I like the like, idea of you suiting up in a uniform, but the uniform is just like a, a, a nice skirt suit. Wait, wait, th- this is important. Wait, this is an important question that I need, I need clarification on. Does it have the patches on the elbows? Let me see. Let me see. No, unfortunately, it's oh. not tweed either. It's not. Tweed. Oh my what? god! I'm so disappointed now. So, Georgia, right. this is the problem with you. This is my problem I have with your job. <laughs> it's 
This is Bree's therapy you. now. We're going to hear. This is this is Bree's venting session. Go ahead. So when I email Steve, he does the engineer thing. You know, like his email has, like it's a domain with his name in it. Super nerdy, whatever. I expect that from Steve. So if I email Maddie, it's like the biggest nerdy game reference ever. You know, if you email me, it's my company. But if I email you, it's like this, this, therapy like domain name <laughs> and it, it breaks the it, it doesn't feel professional so what i was going to offer it you doesn't is, feel professional doesn't. don't you mean that the rest of us aren't professional because we I, all have like playful... I, I mean that that's like the professional in professional help Brie. right Right. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to offer you an email at fandas.biz because I would like to email Georgia at fandas.biz. Uh, I'll take it. it. I'll okay. take it. That's hilarious. Okay, that I love that. Be your main email address. Get rid of that therapy thing. <laughs> recruit new clients. Like, look. Yeah, give that out and to your clients. Right. Right. That'll that'll help my practice for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, if any yeah. of your, your clients listen to the show, you're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to listen to anything you have to No, say. I think, I think, yeah. like, okay, we have to leave. <laughs> this is the last time. It's okay when I see, like, therapy and stuff, follow me on Twitter, because now, like, most of it's, like, like us bugging each other. <laughs> They're not there for long. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> for more of this nonsense, I, I, we... Ended up doing an After Dark last week, and we won't go into that whole thing again because, you know, everybody already hates me. But, uh, who hates you? Some, I didn't get very much support after, after that. Wait, episode. really? Did people really? actually talk to you about Sorry, we can talk about I, it in another yeah, episode. Anyway, we should talk about there, that After Dark. I, right? I will okay. have a link in the show notes to the After Dark for last week because we didn't really communicate that very well. But so we had an after show where we talked all about how I hate movies and everything that's good and right in the world. And mm, you yeah. can go listen to that if you would like. Or don't. That's okay. But anyway, that's that's there in a separate feed. If you need to talk about being harassed on the internet, like Maddie and I, we're there yeah. for you. We got yeah. it. We got this. So, yeah. So I did get one, well, one supported tweet this week. With only one. but Only one. I do want to talk about this because it kind of brings up something that, that I've kind of had on my mind anyway. But so Jim Lipsy had responded to... Uh, me and Georgia this morning, who said, and he said that it was brave of me to admit publicly that I was playing The Last of Us on easy mode. And <laughs> wow. I, I, I want to talk about this for just a minute because I don't really feel like I didn't. Well, first of all, I didn't really feel like it was particularly brave of me, but I don't think there should be any shame in playing a game on easy mode. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. especially like an experiential game as opposed to like a skill based game. Like, I don't have any problem, and I will say all day long that I play those games on easy mode because I don't have a ton of time. I feel you, Steve. And so, you know, if it's going to mean getting through a game, like, I wouldn't have gotten through Mass Effect 3 if I hadn't switched it down to easy mode halfway through. Yeah. So, so I, don't, I, I don't think that, that should be anything that anybody should be ashamed of, especially because easy mode in a lot of these games isn't really all that easy to begin with anyway. So... I think I'm I'm publicly happy to say that I play a lot of games on easy mode, and I don't have any problem with that. I don't think anybody should have any problem with that. I think there's that's no shame in that. Simple. No shame. 
I could tell you a giant space cat the whole time we were carefully bringing in casual players to to test Revolution 60 on easy mode. Like the whole point of that was to create a level of contempt for people, you know, like that's <laughs> that's that's the whole purpose of engineering that feature is to create a level where you can make fun of that person for their abilities. Like that's that that's accurate from development. <laughs> Developer. Well, I'm glad that I'm glad that we finally got that clear. Yeah, that's I mean, crap. That's that's wow. I used to be the person who never played games on easy. That probably doesn't surprise anybody who listens right. to the show at all, knowing what they know about me. Um, I used to play games on normal or harder only, and if I couldn't beat a game on normal, I would feel terrible about myself. Yeah. Like past the point that is healthy, I would say. And um, I several years ago, I wrote about this for while I was still at the Phoenix. I I was playing a game called something weird, like Hunted the Demons Forge. It was a terrible game. Don't play it. Don't even Google it. And <laughs> I couldn't beat it on normal. And for some reason, that just really ate away at me. And honestly, the way that I got over it is pathetic but i'm glad that we're doing this for other people because the way that i got over it is that the guys on idle thumbs started openly talking about how sometimes they would play games on easy and that cured me because i was like these guys are professional journalists a lot of them are game developers now hearing them talk about how sometimes games are too hard i was like oh i'm not stupid Right. What? <laughs> like, I, I, that was like a big deal to me. So I, I know that some of that is because I was younger and I just held myself to really high standards. Some of it is like internalized sexism stuff where I'm like, I'm as good as the guys. I can always play on normal or hardcore or whatever mode because I have to, I have something to prove. And I mean, sometimes people would like come to my house and inspect my gamer score like guys would and be like, what are you doing playing blah, blah. I mean, like that happened to me. I've had all sorts of weird experiences. And so playing on easy to me was like this symbolic weird thing. So I guess I just want to assure our readers or listeners or whatever that it's normal if you can't beat a game on normal. Yeah. And I mean, I was the same way. I don't get the sec- the sexism part. Well, it's just like one small layer, I would say. But it's like an extra, an extra like cherry on the top of crappiness. But, but, <laughs> but yes. it's, but I mean, even like, you know, I mean, being a guy, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same deal. I'm like a wimp if I can't beat this game on normal. And it's like, well, I really, and I ended up putting down Mass Effect 3 for like a year and a half because I got to a point where I just couldn't get past it and I just put the game down and I stopped playing. And then eventually, I said, well, I really want to see how this game ends and what everybody's so angry about. And if I can't, if I can't beat this on normal, then screw it. I'm going to go down to easy and I'm going to finish the game. And I did. And I'm glad that I did. And so mm-hmm. I'd rather, I mean, it's the same thing that I have with, you know, looking at walkthroughs. Like I would rather cheat, quote unquote, cheat. It took me a really long time to even get to the point where I looked at walkthroughs. That happened to me before I got to the point where I could play games on easy. But even that was a really big deal to me. I I think it's like part of the whole hardcore gamer thing that I I was very much entrenched in for a long time and then slowly joined the rest of the universe where no one cares. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like, no, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. So anyway, so I... I don't think anybody should be ashamed of trying it, trying any game on easy mode if they if they're having trouble with normal mode because I'm sure that the developers would rather you play the game through and experience it than you know give it up halfway through. Yeah, right, and, totally. and this yeah. is all about having fun. 
Yeah. So you remember that. <laughs> no, it's about winning. We've gone over this. I thought it was about yelling on the internet. Okay. No, okay. Fair. Those wrong. things too. <laughs> but having fun. If you're not having fun, then then do something to change it. You know. And I'll. I used to want to finish a game even if it's where I'm like, you know what? I'm not enjoying this. This is my time is precious. If I'm gonna yeah. spend it on a game, I'm not gonna. I'm I'm gonna play a game that I think you know adds something to my life, not just yeah, exactly. Rap, so. I mean, I do think there are games where it's fun to get extremely extremely good at, like Mass Effect Three multiplayer. I'm really oh good at God, that. I've played that a, a lot. Good multiplayer, it's really really good. Um, it's so good. I really recommend it. And yeah. I mean, I pick my battles. Like there are some games that I've played to the point of loving the harder and harder difficulties. Like I'm beating Mass Effect 2, like for the hundredth time again right now. But I don't know. I see it as like uh, an engineering problem to a certain Mm -hmm. extent. Like how can I maximize my fun sitting down right now? And like Dragon Age DAO, Dragon Age Origins, like it was funnest for me to put that on easy and just enjoy the story. And then for other games where I really want to get into the mechanics, I will bump that up. I mean, it's a, it's adjustable for a reason, you right. know? So yeah. And I mean, yeah. And I mean, it's a, again, it's a difference between like a skill-based game where you need to be able to beat the earlier levels to be able to even do anything at the later ones. Right. And like something where you're trying to experience a story. Like I play rock band on expert. Sure. And wow. That's, that's hardcore. And, yeah. And that's, that's what I do because I spent, an inordinate amount of time learning how to play that game because I wanted to, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to play through like a, one of the Bioshock games on Expert because it's not fun for me to die every five seconds. Okay. So mm-hmm. it's just whatever you're, you know, what there's there's a point where it just, you know, you need to do whatever you need to do. So I agree. So Gamescom happened this week, so that was exciting. We had a, a couple of pieces of news. We heard that the PS4 hit 10 million units, so that's pretty good for them. Hideo Kojima announced a new Silent Hill game with a playable trailer. Did any of you play that by any chance? No, but I didn't. It took me until yesterday to understand that when people were tweeting about PT, they were talking about the playable trailer because nobody talked about Silent Hill. They all (laughs) tweeted PT. And I was like, wow, everybody is really upset by their physical therapy this week. (laughs) That's not what that was. They were all playing a Silent Hill trailer. Also, I probably couldn't play it because it would have made me piss myself. So, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, don't they, know. <laughs> can I still go download it? Can I do it? I, I'm I think about so, to leave yeah. the show so, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I love Silent I, I've Hill. seen people tweeting about it a lot, so I think yeah. it's still available. I'll see you guys later. But. Yeah, they um, <laughs> they actually Kojima actually said that they're aiming for a game that will make you blank your pants. So, um, you know, I'm out. But yeah, that's... no, no <laughs> way. I'll play it, but it'll it'll be bad. Yeah, it'll be I, bad because I go through convulsions. It's really bad. I, but did you? Yeah. Did anyone? Why? <laughs> What? Did anyone watch the <laughs> Did anyone watch the um the playthrough when they went through the the teaser for it? No, I'm I I it didn't was, even want to watch the trailer, George. It was I, no the way. funniest thing I have ever seen. I watched all, I don't know what, 25 minutes be, and it wasn't scary. It really wasn't scary cuz I get uh, like I get really scared, but it wasn't scary. They didn't know how to play the game and so they keep on going through this house and you have to keep on going through this and one thing happens and they keep on talking about the uh, chicken baby and stuff. It was hilarious, and they didn't know what to do to make the game progress to the next level. So it was it was hilarious. That was great. Did you say chicken baby? <laughs> yeah, chicken okay. baby. You have to see them watch them play the the <laughs> teaser trailer. It's it's just like I'm like 
okay. And he's like, you can't go back in to take a look at the chicken baby. And they're like, I don't know, maybe we should do this. Like, they had no clue what they were doing. So it was great. So basically, G-Dog is amused by their <laughs> incompetence. Are you, are you not entertained, Brie? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was, I was looking at movies, horror movies on Amazon Prime, and I'm going through them. And I've literally seen all of them. Like, I love horror movies, so I have to play this. I cannot wait to go play it. I'll, I'll right play now. it, too. We can put you being efficient on the game and me. Well, if I'm not, you're going to laugh at me. Floor. I mean, I'm not going to, you know. <laughs> She's just gonna, you're just going to complain about the shaders and the textures. Yeah, anyway. you are. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I love it though. Put it on. Put it on our Twitch. Yeah, yeah. Isometric. Yeah, yeah you should. T- you, I mean, it's on the PS4. I think you probably could stream it. Yeah, we have the technology. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we're we're, we're kind of stalling until we get to the real thing that made the internet uh, explode with rage this week, which is that Microsoft had had a keynote on Tuesday morning in which they announced that Rise of the Tomb Raider, which is the sequel to the Tomb Raider reboot will be an Xbox exclusive, and the entire internet screamed out in horror all at the same time. (laughs) But wait, there's more! It turns (laughs) out that that is not entirely true, because all exclusives are a lie. Right, right. I mean, (laughs) it's, it's, it's a timed exclusive. We don't know how long of a timed exclusive it is. People have thrown out three months, people have thrown out a year. I can't imagine it would be... It would be longer than a year or whenever the the Game of the Year version inevitably comes out. Yeah. Um, and it also was coming out for 360. So most of the people who are complaining that they're not going to be able to play it on the PS4 will probably uh, more off, more likely than not own a 360 or have or know somebody with a 360 on which they can play it. So it, obviously it wouldn't be the, the best version in the world, but it, it's going to at least be playable. But I guess we should be happy that there are that many people who are this angry that they can't play a Tomb Raider game. But the like the level of anger, and I, I guess I understand it. I, I can sympathize. Why? Why? I, okay. Bree so, can't understand. Bree can't understand. Okay. <laughs> let, let me let me start. Let me start out by saying I understand that the, there's a business reason for this. I obviously. <laughs> yeah, Microsoft paid a lot yeah. of money. Right. <laughs> For the privilege. <laughs> yeah, and they're not just going to do this just to like, you know, oh, well, you know, gamers are happy. Let's let's fix that. Like, they're not going to do that. But I guess I understand people being disappointed. I don't understand people being angry, Is if that makes sense. Because I was disappointed. But, like, the level of, like, bile that was being thrown, I mean, you know, it's, it's something that happened on the internet. People are going to scream and, you know, post nasty pictures and whatever. You, you know, you have a lot of people who bought into one console or the other, had seen this announced at E3, and it was a sequel to a game that was multi-platform, so there was no reason to think that the sequel would not be multi-platform. Right. So I guess they they felt like they were, you know, kind of betrayed, almost. Like, there's, a, like, a betrayal level. Betrayed? Wow. I, I, that's what I, wow. I'm not saying that I feel that way, but I definitely saw that in some of the, in some of the comments that I was looking at. That yeah. there's definitely like a sense. I don't know that anybody actually used that word, but there's definitely a sense oh, of betrayal. Oh, I'm sure they did. We've talked about console fanishness on the show before. I I sort of wonder if this is proof that everybody got a PS4 instead. <laughs> like that's what mm-hmm. I was thinking when yeah, this happened I because too. I did that. I thought and thought and thought and decided to get a PS4. 
And I think a lot of other people did too, because the PS4 hit 10 million units. And I think that a lot of people were like, did I bet on the wrong horse? I really wanted to play this game. And now what the heck? I mean, it's obviously an inappropriate reaction, but imagine that you're 12. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So the death costs are still going to be iterative because they they kind of have their core game i'm guessing they're just going to iterate on it like the mechanics for last tomb raider were really good and even if they do go up to u4 for the next one then yeah chances are that team because they have a full license is already working more you know c++ versus unreal script so you know it's going to be less of a cost for them this time around to develop this game because they kind of have the the core of the game. Like they have to make new art assets and new animations and new stories and all of that. But I'm saying this is an iterative game rather than, you know, starting something from scratch. But, you know, even with that, it it just surprises me that Microsoft would be willing to pay that much money, like even for a timed exclusive. And, you know, they said that they felt that this was best for the future of the franchise. So I don't know. I I guess my reaction from it is, you know, I have every system, so I don't care where it comes out. Like, I personally prefer the PlayStation. Uh, I thought Tomb Raider, you know, the 2013 one was best on the PlayStation 4 because of the touchscreen. Like, it had some really cool controls with that. I also thought the Xbox One version was the buggiest, but I ultimately don't care. And everyone I know that works on that team is particularly talented. So I'm inclined to just say, yeah, they're running this. Square Enix is trying to turn their financial ship around. Like, it's their company. Let them do what they want. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's also something to be said for the fact that, A, we just saw one of Square Enix's studios close because they had a game that... I was going to say that, too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is that there was a lot of hullabaloo when the first Tomb Raider came out that it sold 3 million units in its first month, and that was considered a disappointment. And that was not hitting whatever targets that they had. And that was against, at the time, between the the Xbox 360 and the PS3, that was an install base of 150 million units. So Wait, they sold 3 million at first? Eventually, the, the follow-on sales made it successful, but that original, like, that launch window was considered a disappointment. So that's $180 million. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, for a $100 million game, that's, I don't know. Right, that's, right. yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, you know, you don't know what the budgets are or whatever. But so if you figure that that's, that's the level that they're looking to get to, and the combined install base right now is, what would you say, maybe 15 million units? I mean, we know the PS4 hit 10 million. 10 million. Yeah. I don't think the Xbox One's got uh, gotten above five. I don't know what the numbers are off the top of my head. But well, I, they're bringing it to close. 360, or am I mistaken right. about that? No, they are. Yeah they, yeah, they are. But I don't remember if that was part of, the, if that was originally what they were planning to do. I mean, hmm. obviously, bringing it to 360 is going to is going to give you another potential, like, what, 75, 80 million, uh, 80 million units that you could potentially sell. But I, I could see them being nervous about releasing against a smaller install base and then not being able to hit that target that they needed to hit. Yeah, I would have been shocked if they hadn't included the 360 there. I think they had to, because they can't make this an Xbox One exclusive. That would be, that would be, that would be crazy. Very nice. unwise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think they wanted to. I think this is like the compromise that they that Microsoft made wanting to sell Xbox Ones. 
I just, I think about the differences in, like, what are the development differences that you're going to have to do between PS3, I mean, uh, you know, Xbox 360 and Xbox One. And I mean, I can tell you for the Tomb Raider reboot, it was better lighting, which is not really, well, it is a depth thing and it's not, but it's, it's not super complicated to do. It's better textures, not complicated to do. It was... Yeah, better effects, not complicated to do. So, like, I had to tell you, like, I I think, like, we've gotten so little bang for the buck this generation. Like, I was playing Mass Effect 2 last night, and I was just stunned by how good it looks. And I don't know. I think, like, there's not going to be... Like, in the 8-bit to 16-bit jump, there was a good reason you couldn't have those games. I mean, here, I think you're going to see us kind of sticking with bringing the games to the previous generation for quite a while, because I don't think it's a significant development cost yet. Yeah. There was a there was a editorial piece about this, and one of the things that they said was, like, well, maybe they're not losing that much, because if you have... This was before we knew about the 360, I think. That, well, if there's 100 people, and 50 of them own a PS4, and 50 of them own an Xbox One, but maybe, tw- you know, but a whole bunch of them probably own both, and yeah. I'm like... There's no reason, there's barely a reason to own one of these consoles at this point, as for a normal person, Yeah. yeah. let alone both. Like, there's no reason that somebody who does not work either in some way, shape, or form in the games industry to yeah. own both an Xbox One and, and a PS4. There's no reason. There aren't enough games that are that are different. I Maybe I'm just an outlier. Do you guys not intend to buy all systems eventually? I- You're talking to people who work like in the industry. I mean, even Steve is on this podcast now, so he's motivated to keep up more than he was before. But I mean, I would say no because of money. <laughs> right. So I feel like a lot of people can't actually afford to make that big of a purchase often. Okay. So you kind of save up and you make that big $500 or whatever number purchase. And you're like, that was my big splurge this year. I mean, that's a normal American budget right now. Yeah. Yeah. To answer your question, probably, but it will probably take at least two price drops to get me there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. Like, I I don't know at what point I'm going to finally go. Now it's time to get an X-Bone, but I'm going to wait until I have to for work. But I'm also going to hopefully have a price drop behind me by that time i don't know i mean i always have to calculate it based on what games are coming out that i can write about and get paid for writing about so that i get paid back for the console i bought it's a weird way to think and obviously i can put it on my taxes but that doesn't pay for the console yeah and by then we might be sponsored by you know (laughs) xboxes and they'll just send them to us yeah um yeah i mean you i don't get sent consoles for my work I know a lot of other journalists do. I just, I don't personally, I usually get free games, but that's just my situation, which is sort of unusual, I know. And the only reason that, like, I've ended up buying them all this past generation, but the only reason that I bought a PS3, ultimately, is because I wanted a Blu-ray player. Mm-hmm. Huh. And there's no, I mean, I guess there's the Xbox's crazy TV stuff that I don't care about, but there's not really, like, a, like, the with the PS3, it was kind of like, well, I need, to buy a, I need to buy a Blu-ray player, I can get a decent Blu-ray player for, like... 150 bucks or I can pay another $100 and get a PS3 and then be able to play games on it too. So it made sense. But there's not that kind of functionality really in this generation that would make me go and do that for an Xbox One. Hey, let's talk about a happy topic. Bree, do you want to talk about the Night Tribe Kickstarter? You had a lot of thoughts about it that I watched you have <laughs> on Twitter. Okay. Um, you took out, <laughs> well, 
I, I particularly like that I called the developers liars. I like it too. Oh my I liked God. it. That was like great. When Kotaku like had an interview where they're like, "Well, Brianna Wu says you're a liar." So. <laughs> I know. I'm looking at it right now. It was oh, perfect. God. Wow. So I mean, yeah, we could talk about Night Trap. Uh, so there is there's a Kickstarter that's coming out to reboot na- uh, in Night Trap to basically get this footage that they recorded on 35 millimeter film in um, you know in 1985. <laughs> And made a, a interesting, interesting game out of. And they basically want to clean up the footage and make it HD. Um, yeah, Steve, like, I mean, you probably have a summary of this whole situation in front of you. Yeah. Do you want to tell everyone about it? As of right now, when we're recording, there's 26 days to go and they have $20,000 out of 330000 And I feel bad for that, for those 425 backers who have, uh, <laughs> who have backed this thing. But so... Wait, wait, wait. 424. There you go. I just donated. Yeah. What? I believe in them. Did you? No. <laughs> so, so for those of you who are our younger listeners, <laughs> Night Trap was a game for the Sega CD that involved, I never played it. I, it involved Dana Plato from Different Strokes, which if you don't know, if you're too young to know about Night Trap, you're probably too young to know about Different Strokes, but whatever. That was a full motion video game where basically there was a slumber party and there were what vampires that were attacking the house. Is that yeah, vampires? And and the vampires kind of attacked the girls and the girls were dressed somewhat scantily. Scantily for them. For them, yeah. Yeah, For that. I mean, it wasn't there wasn't any nudity or anything like that, but there was violence and they were getting attacked in their house. And this is the this is the game that launched the original set in investigations into ultimately led to the establishment of the ESRB rating system. So Right, because it, it was mature, which is hilarious. Right. Which it, it was it, mature. It looks so mature looking back on it now. It really it's, it was it's really <laughs> it was really, really dark stuff. Very not safe for work at all. No, just the grim. some guy that comes out with like a Rambo suit and he's got like the colors like the the black underneath his eyes and he's walking around and all the bad guys are like mimes they're like the guys wearing <laughs> the black suits they're like little mimes that are coming out and I'm like well are you making a box or are you gonna be like attacking me and then uh you know 80s hair there's a lot of 80s hair and, I like 80s uh, hair they they had a theme song that was really really popular wait let me see if you guys can even Come on, do it. Dance it. Which was really popular. This song sounds fantastic. <laughs> okay, oh my okay if you see me rolling down the street in Boston, I'm going to have my windows down <laughs> playing that on my 15-inch subwoofer. I'm telling oh. you right now. Awesome. In so, my, yeah, Honda so, Accord. So in, any, so in any event, so they're trying to re-release this for the Xbox and PlayStation. I don't, I don't even know if they say which version of, uh, oh, they want to, for PC, Mac, PS3, and Xbox 360. And they want to take that video footage, re-release it in HD, and then... That's basically it. They're just going to repackage it and put it out and re-release it. And they want minimum of $330,000 for this. And then Brie went on a, a, a Twitter <laughs> rant, as as you do. And, what? Uh, <laughs> Me? <laughs> you're always very, very restrained on Twitter, Brie. That's me. I, I follow George's exa- example. <laughs> Always the the modicum of uh, decorum and courtesy. You you had some comments about their budget and uh, basically 
said that they were full of crap and yeah, yeah. okay so so basically these developers were talking about it and i i don't have the exact quote in front of me but they were talking about like oh and don't expect this game on ios or android because like you know these these modern systems just don't have the power to to play a movie and you know we have to have like like all this dynamic ram for multiple streams to load and, and all of that and i read it and i'm like what the frack are you are you completely <laughs> lying to me because i know a thing or two about this and so here's the thing like basically night trap has a what was it eight video loops going one after the other and the developer's argument is like we have to load all of these movies basically uh, two two hours of movies and keep all of that in ram which by the way you could do if you just wanted to load all of everything in ram like we have enough space for that by the way depending on how you're going to encode it even beyond that the truth of the matter is the reason your iPhone won't like plummet the battery. It won't kill the battery as you watch a movie because it's all hardware decoded. They don't want that movie to go through your phone's processor. They don't want it to go through your RAM. So what they have is like hardware inside your iPhone. It will like specifically decode these movies on the fly in a very, very efficient way. This is why this codec was, you know, invented. It's, it's very efficient. So they're basically claiming they have to load all this movie on the phone, which is just a lie. Like you have core audio and all the systems around core audio, they're going to decode it on the fly. And even if you wanted to be like, like their argument might be kind of true if you wanted to go to an exact frame and like have frame specificness, but you don't even need that. Like you just need to get pretty close to the time that you want to go and you can have a little bit of you know, lag as you're switching between rooms. And it's not even like you have to have eight rooms loaded at the same time. Like, as I remember the gameplay, it's only like switching between two active scenes at one time. And all the other six rooms are like the static loop, which you could just have in memory loops. So it's just complete lie that they're using. And so Kotaku has this discussion with them about it. And they describe it as like this terse, awkward conversation as if the developer is talking through his gritted teeth. And, you know, like, they offered very unconvincing answers about that. You find out they paid $250,000 of their budget for the rights to it. I don't understand that. That was about $249,000 too much, by the way. Yeah, right. Exactly. So even after that, then they think... So at first, my, I was like, well, this budget is too high. Like, the gameplay is very simple. Like, from an engineering point of view, that gameplay is relatively trivial to code. But if you're spending, like, you have $330,000 and, you know, and Kickstarter takes a cut out of that and you have to allocate some for taxes and you're paying $250,000 to get the rights, like, where the where's your budget? Like, they're thinking they're going to bring this to PS3 and Xbox and PC? On disc, no less. Like, why the hell are you printing a retail disc for something like this? It's a, This is like the definition of a downloadable title. Yeah. Like, why the hell are you printing up discs? That's ridiculous. It's insane. It seems like the, the developers, in my opinion, have not really thought through this. It's my opinion that their technical claims don't really hold water. Even the the gender aspect of a game that's, you know, basically scantily clad women around in danger <laughs> for you to save, like even that aside, like this seems like a a poor Kickstarter bet 
in my like, opinion. How do they? I, I, what yeah. I'm thinking is, is there a huge cult following for this game? Because is it? No, no, no. I'm, that's a question. Don't please don't don't send me angry tweets. <laughs> is there one? Yeah. <laughs> well, because well, we know we know that George has been dying to play this game. Again, I've been so. dying to play it because you know mostly just because of uh, you know the the music because. <laughs> They want you to pay $10 for that, by the way, you know. Hey, no, 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 don't turn tone. that off. That's okay, great. Okay, sorry. Yeah. So I'm just going to leave it playing while I speak. It's going to help us take you more seriously. Exactly. <laughs> we can really get into the feel of the... Which plays during the... I had to torture myself by watching all of the um, video clips, like, through... There is no way that this is going to translate, like, unless there's some sort of following that I don't know about, there's no way that this is going to translate to audiences of today that buy video games. I, if you've played it once, I'm sure that's more than three lifetimes enough of Night Trap. That's just my thought on it. Like, there, and- there is, there is some historical value there. Yeah. I mean, this, this is like a historically significant game. It doesn't mean it's a good game, but it is a historically significant game. And there is something to be said for, trying to preserve games so that, you know, future generations can experience them even if they're not worth playing as a game experience. But with that being said, does it have to be made into a game to do that? Like, we can't they just, like... Yeah, they could, this this thing probably could just throw up on YouTube and be done with it, really. You don't need to play. <laughs> it's probably it. already play. on YouTube. It probably like, is. Like, do we really need... I, I, I mean, have you guys <laughs> ever in your entire life of talking to other gamers, being friends with other gamers, talking with other gamers on the internet. Have you ever, ever, ever met anyone ever in your life that said, you know what game I really like? Night Trap. <laughs> no. no. If, they, I have if not. they did, I probably wouldn't want to keep being friends with them. Maybe so. sarcastically <laughs> that has been said to me. I don't know. I I feel like I only hear people refer to this game as a joke, but it is definitely a cultural touchstone for that reason. So that's part of it, I think. And and that might help it have sort of a cult following. I, I remember Lee Alexander writing about Leisure Suit Larry when that remake came out and oh. how that version of it didn't really hold up in the same way that the awkwardness of the original did. And I could see that being a similar problem with this game, where this game has a humor to it that is not intentional, but it is a sort of nostalgic humor where we can laugh at once finding this impressive. But if you try to remake it, that is lost, and that sense of self-seriousness just becomes insufferable. Do you know what I mean? When you try to do an HD remake of something that is not actually good... I mean, we've seen people do this before. And there's also something to be said for, you know, we were, most of us were probably 12 when we played this. Right. And And like people were 12 when they played Leisure Suit Larry and thought that it was very lascivious and oh my goodness, Leisure Suit Larry. But now when you play it as an adult, even if you were a kid playing it, you're like, what is the deal with this? Like the charm is lost somewhere in the translation of this. And I would... I don't think that this Kickstarter will succeed. I think that this will just be a funny joke that we all tell each other. But I'm glad that it won't because these games, it's fun to laugh at them as they are. We don't need to remake them. I mean, I mean, I had two things to say about that. Like, first, when we did the Revolution 60 Kickstarter, we we studied the pattern of successful Kickstarters. And what you see over and over and over again is if a Kickstarter is going to be successful, 
it makes like a third of the money that it needs to get to the end in the first few days, you know, and then a rush of, of pledges come at the end. So given their success so far, I would not say their odds are very high. But even beyond that, um, do you guys remember when uh, Lindsay Lohan did her her micro budget film? Uh, what was mm-hmm. it? The the Breakers, the the something. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I hate and, movies, so I have no idea what you're okay. talking about. <laughs> but there was some New Yorker piece that that came out. It was talking about the director and talking how Lindsay Lohan saw it as her big break back into show business, and it was just kind of of sad because it felt like people trying to hold on to their star after it faded. And, like, the feeling I couldn't help but get from this Kickstarter, and especially reading this person's interview, which sounded very defensive and, frankly, not super in touch with what, you know, game development is about in 2014, it kind of felt like these guys had something that was a bad game that was kind of a cultural touchstone back then, and that was their claim to fame. They were trying to hold on to it you know, after that had really faded. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it totally it does. Be, yeah. yeah. And when you take a look at what you get for the Kickstarter, it kind of says that because for $350, you will get a handwritten note from the four leading developers of the game. Uh, it'll be, though, don't, don't scoff. It'll be on vintage embossed digital pictures stationery. Then, if you pledge $500, you will get a deluxe limited edition box set, four copies of the game, PC, Mac, PlayStation, and Xbox. But wait, wait. You will also get a CD of the theme song. One second, just in yeah. case you've forgotten that. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Then, <laughs> then, there's there's more. For a thousand dollars, a thousand dollars. What is happening? Ever <laughs> want to see your name in lights? At this level, you will get to have your name at the end uh, of the game for a thousand dollars. I no, can, can you, I? <laughs> that's a thousand dollars. I think we just broke Maddie. I'm so I can't. This is the worst. You're describing the worst Kickstarter. Wait, there's more. If you pledge five thousand dollars, and be careful. There's only four left of four of this. <laughs> no one has claimed it yet. <laughs> There's your chance to see your name immortalized alongside the whole Digital Pictures crew at this tier. We'll place you in the opening credits as a full-fledged, non-paid associate producer. It will also have a copy of the limited edition box. You don't get the song. I'm sorry. I know Brie would be sad. I know. But wait, there's one more. This is still left up, and Steve, I know you're going to be grabbing your wallet for this one. I've already started typing in the number. Go ahead. Okay, okay. For it, it's going fast. For your devotion to Night Trap, above and beyond the Call of Duty, haha, this tier will net you a single card opening credit as. Drum roll, please, Maddie. Okay, that was good enough. <laughs> That was the saddest drum roll ever. That was I'm awesome. sorry. I'm hitting my thigh. I don't have a drum in here. <laughs> what do you expect? I expect you to have a drum in there. I don't. Next week. Next week. You're in Next a band, okay. Maddie. That's week. reasonable. I play the piano. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> do you play piano? I do. I do, too. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We must come back to this. A single card opening credit as the executive producer of the game. 
as well as oh, a copy yeah. of the limited edition box, uh, box set. So there's only actually one where you get to hear the music. And that's $10,000 to be the executive 10, producer. 10000 10 Oh, Well, Steve hates Call of Duty, so that's probably yeah. why. I hate everything. Is really, it like but... a movie? So... <sighs> If they would, if they would redo the lyrics to that song and like make it a song about me, I would give them ten thousand dollars. <laughs> like I would Ooh. very happily pay. That. Bree, oh, you if see? you want, you can pay me ten thousand dollars, and I'll do that for Will you. You do that. Yeah, Will whatever. You, really you do can that? do that yourself. You know how to play the piano. I know how to play piano, but I can't get that that eighty sound. Yeah, that eighty sound. Synth. Yeah. synth. I can probably do that. I don't know. Okay. I have. There I have a guitar. You know, we'll get so many sales on fandas.biz. Like, I'll make that happen. Just... I don't. Here's the thing, though. Do I have to pay $250,000 for the rights to sell that song? Because that could Probably. be a hitch in our plan. I, I imagine if they, uh, you know, if their Kickstarter isn't successful, somebody's going to have to pay that $250,000. So it may be you, Maddie. Oh, darn. Yeah. I guess it's me. It's weird that I have to pay it even though the game isn't being made, but I guess I do. Oh, Can, well. Before, I, before we go on to the next thing, I just want to say one positive thing in in the midst of all this, this tsunami of negativity. Like, if you watch the video itself, it's it, it seems like the actual filming of the game, it seems clever. Like, the way that the stairs come up and people fall down the stairs and, like, <laughs> fall into the trap. Like, it seems like clever? it was... It was... It seems like it was clever set building. To do right. all the traps. so <laughs> That's true, because they were real traps. Yeah. It was a documentary. It was a documentary. It was completely yeah. real traps. Th- this is real. This is like the Star Wars Christmas special of video games. It really is. Oh. And, and, and Whoa. Like- <laughs> Whoa. Let's Steve. not Heavy go words. that far. This is watchable. Have you seen the Star Wars? I have, actually. I feel like you don't get to say that because you don't even understand what a good movie is. <laughs> no, I, no, I know what's bad. Though. Now everything Steve says about movies is like a moot point. I know, right? It kind of is. It kind of is. <laughs> except, yeah. that, except that wasn't a movie. That was a television special, so I can talk about it. Oh, okay. I guess so. But your 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 meter is way off for what's good. <laughs> I don't trust you, Steve. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean I to interrupt know. you. I don't know. I don't even have a point anymore. So let's just go. Let's just move on. Do we, are we? Can, can we play we? that song? To Georgia, play us out. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Wait a second here. I, I... That's we a could, very we... impressive song. There's it's, a lot happening in it. Li- I, I'm getting a little attached to it. I really like that song. I'm not lying. I might get it. Is it on I'm iTunes? getting a little bit attached. I think it might be. I'm into oh, it. No. It's like sort of a Stockholm Syndrome situation where now I really like the song. It's like in wrestling, like every wrestler has their music that they walk into, and that's and like that's, Georgia, that's like George's song. Music. Yeah. Oh no, okay, sure. That's like George's. That's like George's music. <laughs> Whose music is it? It doesn't matter. It's everyone's music. It's hu- it's humanity's music. Oh, it's not humanity's music. So before we do this next topic, I just want to promise the audience we'll play that song at the end of it, and it will be all better. So. All right, let's just pull the band-aid off. So we're talk we're going to talk about Robin Williams. And so a lot of stuff happened on Monday. I, I think we all know what happened with Robin Williams and I I mean well, I guess you could be listening this far in the future. So Robin Williams passed away by by his own hand and it was very, you know, it was very sad and that happened coincidentally 
the same day that uh, Zoe Quinn and Patrick Lindsay released or were slated to release Depression Quest, which is a kind of a choose your own adventure text adventure thing that takes you through what it's like to be living with depression. And Zoe had a really great uh, post that I'll link in the show notes about, you know, what that thought process was and whether they were going to still release it that day or not. And uh, I've played through some of it. I think it's really worth playing. And I'm glad that that they're putting that out there because I think that's the kind of thing that really can. I mean, we talk about a lot of silly stuff on the show and a lot and yell at a lot of things. But this is the kind of thing that really can help people. And I'm glad that they're working on something like that and trying to take a medium that we that we just kind of a lot of times just get seen in throwaway entertainment as, you know, something that actually can can do some good and help people. But and the other thing is that Robin Williams was a pretty devout gamer. I mean, his daughter Zelda is named after the Legend of Zelda, and mm-hmm. he apparently was a very big World of Warcraft player to the point where they yeah. got petitioned successfully to have him turned into an NPC in the game in tribute, which is really awesome. Uh, on my Twitter, everyone was talking about their own struggle with depression. And it's been my experience that I think a lot of gamers do have kind of struggled with this. Like George has talked on the show in the past about how, you know, this electronic world can kind of be more appealing than the real world for us sometimes. And I can talk about like, my own story of that. But I, I guess I just wanted us to kind of have a, a more human moment on the show and kind mm-hmm. of, you know, just talk openly about this. I mean, I can say I personally have, you know, suffered from depression. I have played games to kind of escape the real world. I've gotten very addicted to MMOs before to the point where, you know, I literally made a point at one moment you know, to stop playing them because it was unhealthy and it was keeping me away from, you know, the real things in my life that I needed to address. Yeah, I've taken antidepressants before. I have had years of therapy. And I I guess my message to anyone out there would be, you know, A, it does get better with this. Like, I know it hurts a lot when you're going through depression, and I know how little it helps when people tell you just to, you know, just to get over it or to instruct you how to feel, which is not something you can just turn a light switch and change. But I guess my message to anyone out there that is struggling with depression, that I I think the definition of it is your needs exceeding your resources that you have right then at that moment. So... I think if that's the situation, just reach out and get more resources. Maybe that resource is therapy. Maybe it's, you know, talking to, you know, a psychiatrist to see if there's medication for you. But but get help. And, you know, talking on a more personal level, one of the hardest things I personally have dealt with in the last five years is a friend of mine that committed suicide. And... You know, if I were talking very honestly, I would say I used to believe that if you wanted to commit suicide, it was your choice. But having seen, even beyond how much it hurt me, which is immaterial, but seeing the way her family was torn apart by that suicide to the point that, like, 
you know, her mom had cancer and didn't want to go get treatment because that's how distraught she was over the death of her daughter. You know, her her sister just being ripped apart emotionally. And I I guess I'm just saying, even if you don't feel like there's help for you, like there are consequences all around you for this stuff. So, you know, reach out and get help. Mm-hmm. It, it really um, touched me. One is because uh, my specialty, my field of specialty is anxiety and depression. I work in an anxiety and depression clinic. So that's all I deal with is uh, cases of anxiety and depression. And I think that unless you've been through it, you really don't get how serious and debilitating depression is. It is not like just smile or, you know, everything's going to be okay. The brain is not some magical system. It's real. And if something isn't working, isn't functioning right, if you're low on your dopamine or on serotonin, which are neurotransmitters that are actually functioning in the brain, we can chemically make people happy, sad, deal with things. And it is a really difficult thing to have to go through. And I don't think that anyone takes the decision to kill themselves lightly uh, for uh, the case of Robin Williams, he also found out just recently that he was diagnosed with Parkinson's. So that probably also played a role in that. But it is just, it's such a hard thing. I had one day, I had a really serious depression. It was just one day, thank God. But I thought to myself, it was just like being in a pit and you just see more darkness. And it was, I just thought, the ha- it was just a really hard day. I'd see a puppy on the screen and I'm a really positive person. I saw the puppy and I went, stupid puppy, like that puppy matters. So I, I really liked the game. I, I played it and I liked it because it went through, one, what the struggle really is. Two, it normalized it. Anyone can be hit with depression. None of us are immune to those kind of effects. It might be situational, like something bad happens to you. It could be just some chemical thing. We, we don't understand, unfortunately, all of the systems that are in play, but antidepressants definitely can help. There's also going to be a new drug that's going to be coming out, like ketamine. We've had a lot of great um, success stories with. If you can find someone really great to talk to, at least you're not alone with that, and therapy can help. But it was, it was a really uh, hard day because, you know, you always think, like, you know, couldn't have there been another way. And I guess it's partially selfishly because I feel sad to have to lose him as well. But um, yeah, I thought that the game was really nice. I think that I liked the way that it went through it and it, and people that feel like negative towards taking like antidepressants. If I had a heart condition, I would take heart medication. I wouldn't think, oh, I'm a bad person because I take heart medication, right? right? right. It mm-hmm. is a chemical, it's not magical. You know, if you're driving a car with only three wheels, everyone would say, well, put another wheel in the car. They wouldn't say, well, I'm going to buck up and try to do it myself. You'd say, no, that's stupid. You're driving a car. There's only three wheels. If we can fix it, live better and uh, get help. So I, I, I hope it's okay for me to share this. Like, I, I completely agree with you. Like if a system is broken and if antidepressants help you, I, I think that's wonderful. And I think there should be no stigma whatsoever at all about that. I'm talking about my experience with this right now. You know, when I was suffering from crippling, awful depression, it was from trauma, it was from post-traumatic stress syndrome. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was 20. And, you know, I went to a doctor and they got me on antidepressants. And, you know, I grew up in kind of this household that was very anti-psychology, very anti-therapy. And, you know, I exploded in weight. I actually used to weigh 263 pounds. No way. I did. I did. Oh because because it just yeah. made me explode. Yeah. For me, you know, I'm talking about my experience with this. The only thing that helped me get over depression was 
going to a therapist and talking through the stuff. And it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was very slow. It didn't right. happen serendipitously. It was a process. And again, I want to really stress, I don't think there's any shame in people taking antidepressants. But I also think in this society, we're so trained to take a pill to solve a problem. I think that therapy can give you tools to deal with this stuff. But I think it's not a quick fix. Does, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah. And I think it's also really different in your case because yours was a situational depression, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It was caused by a situation. I'm not one that's quick to jump to medication. I'm totally like just whichever way it is to live a, a better life. I always go through one depending on how bad their depression is. If you are coming to me and you are suicidal, the first thing is is save a life. And so it will be, I would say, you know, let's, I'm going to give you a uh, recommendation, go see either your doctor or your psychiatrist and, and let's get this together first right. just so that you can make it through it. If not, it is always exercise, surround yourself with good people, eat well, sleep and start doing some stuff in your life, whatever you can. One of the best things is is exercise and I always monitor my people. If that's, you know, not the case, but if it is something that is, say, a chemical depression and they've done everything that I've given them, they've done the journaling, they've come in to talk to me, we've gone through everything and they're still suffering, Mm -hmm. then I would go through. And the antidepressants nowadays are, there's so many of them and not all of them do cause uh, weight gain. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole different mixture, which are some of them are awesome, like really can make people's lives better without having a whole bunch of negative side effects. But I always monitor my people to see how are they feeling. And the funny thing with many of them is you feel worse for the first week. Like it can be a little bit traumatic. So I always let all my people, they can text me as much as they want when they go through it. Yeah, yeah. So it, it it's a case by, I'm just, you make it through. That's like great because, yeah, people really don't get what to, like unless you've been through it, you people have no clue. It is not like just being sad. A serious depression is, no motivation, like nothing matters. It's just nothing really. You, you can't enjoy your life. You have goals out there and you want to go achieve them. Mm-hmm. I, if you look at mm-hmm. me today, I mean, mm-hmm. I think I think I'm a reasonably high level achieving woman, like Maybe. in my just field, a little. a little bit, just a little bit. I don't know. But oh, come on, compliment <laughs> yourself. <laughs> but if you if you met me at 21, I was yeah. useless. I was mm. completely useless, and I think that. I, again, I'm talking about what worked for me. I know a lot of engineers that kind of don't work out like I do. And it doesn't matter how stressful my day gets. I always make time to work out because for me personally, that's how I stay healthy psychologically. And when I haven't worked out, I'm not myself. I don't think as clearly. So, I mean, I know some people that listen to Isometric do suffer from this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess my message for you is there's help out there. There mm-hmm. are options for this. So, you know. And we'll get better at it. Unfortunately, yeah. the brain is so small, like, to take a look. Like, only now, you know, do we even understand how SSRIs and, and like, um, antidepressants uh, really work. We did not know. So... Only now are we kind of getting what's happening in the brain and why they work and why they take about two weeks before they really start to get any effect at all. And sometimes you feel worse and sometimes you don't. But yeah, there definitely um, is help out there and you're not alone in it. Um, and I hope that yeah. it just gets rid of the stigma because I think that a lot of people 
don't want to tell anyone. And I love that fact about the game is that, you know, yeah. all of it was the cool part is that it says, did you talk to someone? Did you let them know how you're doing? Are, are you not feeling alone? And depending on your choices that you made, you get either more options or less options. And it was kind of cool because you could see the options you would have had if you had made a different decision, which I yeah. thought was really neat because it's saying reach out. You're not alone. It, especially if you're raised as a guy, like you're mm-hmm. you're generally like you're less inclined to go to the doctor. Even mm-hmm. for just like, yeah. even for just like physical The rate stuff. of suicide for men is higher, yeah? Right. Because mm-hmm. you're just kind of taught to suck it up. Yep. And it's like, you know, you're being weak if you go to the doctor and it's not mm-hmm. really a big deal and just suck it up and deal with it. Maybe you can deal with that on your own, but you probably, but it doesn't mm-hmm. hurt to go talk to somebody. Yeah. That's one of the aspects of uh, society that makes yeah. it worse for men is this yeah. specific mm-hmm. thing. And we don't talk about that very often on the show because there are very few instances, but this is one of right. them. This is one instance where, where it kind of sucks to be a guy because you're kind of talking yeah. like, this is not, this is not a big deal and you just need to, need to deal with it. Yeah. And, and women are socialized that it's normal to have friends and it's normal to talk about your feelings. And that's something yeah. that men are told isn't normal because it's feminine and that's bad. And that's, I, I know we have a lot of dude listeners, and I just want to encourage them to be a little more open-minded and forgiving of themselves about that, mm-hmm. yeah. because having friends is extremely important. And, like, if you look yeah. at the statistics on, like, how few men have friends in America, specifically, it's weird and sad. And so I, I think that's definitely yeah. part of it. So mm-hmm. make friends with each other, fandas. Yeah. Make friends. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I guess I guess I would also just say I also have depression and I know that when you're in the thick of it it can feel extremely overwhelming to be told oh just exercise because when you're depressed the even thought of walking is is just sounds impossible so I'm sure there are people who are listening to this and they're just thinking that's great for you but I, I also, like Brie, I exercise a lot because I have depression and um, that works mm-hmm. for me. There are also times, there have been times in my life when I've been like the thought of exercising is impossible because depression can have some physical side effects as well. Definitely. So so I guess I just want to say if you're listening and all of this seems too overwhelming, then just take it a day at a time. And if you make it through a day, that's a success. And that's great. So reward yourself just for that. And also just find other things like walking around the block or calling someone or whatever it may be that just kind of helps you get through that hour or whatever's happening. So don't think about it as I've got to start a workout routine tomorrow. That's not necessarily the way to think because that might overwhelm you. So I I guess just take it, take it day by day. That's something that's worked for me. I think it's also important to know that depression was actually really important for our success as a species. Um, because I think that people think that there's something wrong with me because I'm depressed. But think about what happens to you when you're depressed, right? So let's think about caveman times. So what happens when we're depressed is we want to save resources, right? We want to sleep a lot. We want to not do many activities. We want to stay close to the cave. We don't eat too much. We relax and rest. And we kind of go into like a shutdown mode, loss of motivation. Now, that would keep us alive in times where there are shortages. And so because 
of some of us being less active during these periods of times, it did also keep us alive. So if you're, you know, again, leaving the cave, running around, you waste a lot of resources. So don't think of this just that there's something wrong with you because you have this. It's, it's something that's exceptionally common. And we know that in our species, something that is exceptionally common has a reason that it has existed. Yeah. So maybe you just need to chill, you know? Don't be so hard on yourself. Oh, don't be, yeah, don't be so me- hard to yourself yeah, yeah, about yeah. dealing with. Forgive yourself. Exactly. Be nice to yourself. So, so Maddie, like going back to what you were saying about the exercise, like I, I really, I remember this so clearly. Like I remember, you know, especially because antidepressants had made me overweight. Like I was nerdy to begin with. I, I didn't think of myself as athletic at all. And like, you guys know me, I'm pretty skinny. And but I just like, ballooned up in weight Mm -hmm. because of this. I didn't feel like myself. I was unhappy with my body. And again, like, I'm not like, I I really remember what you're talking about, Maddie, where my doctor would be like, go get some exercise. It's like, you don't understand. Like, I just want to go to my apartment and shut the door Mm -hmm. and not deal with anybody. For me personally, and again, I'm just saying how I broke this. You know, again, I I had a lot of therapy. I got off the antidepressants and even being 268 pounds, if I remember correctly, somewhere in there, what I started doing was getting off the antidepressants kind of made my weight come back down. And then I made a commitment to myself that every single day I was going to go to the park and just spend an hour walking around. Just like walk around the track, not real workout, just be outside and go do that. And I did that for several months. And I kept, you know, in this in this time, like, I would pass people out there that would be running past me. And, you know, my weight was falling off in this period. And I said to myself, like, I'm going to go try to run. And it was like, I found out some secret that had been <laughs> hidden in my body about in, you know, I'm mm. a runner, I, I work out a lot now. And it was just that that single commitment to myself to go do this one thing every single day that helped me kind of get my body back, you know, within my own control, and for me to get in a better mental space. So yeah, again, I'm saying this is how I personally beat it. Maybe that's helpful. Maybe it's not. Yeah. And just do what you can. I love that you walked and just yeah. do what you can. Um, and some days you won't be able to, and that's okay too. You know, like that's yeah. okay. Whatever works is wonderful. Like just a little bit more some days. It's not a setback just because one day you're like, you know what, today I don't feel like it. That's okay. You know, that's loving yourself and being good with that. And if you do go off your medications, don't just stop them. You can't stop an SSR. No, that was yes, with the doctor. Yes. That was with the doctor. So <laughs> yeah, should, listen to your doctors. Yeah. Unless yeah, they seem yeah. very untrustworthy and well, then call Georgia. <laughs> and then go find another doctor. Yeah. You may, yeah, go, go find someone that, that uh, knows what they're talking about. Even your therapist should know about medication. Yeah. Like they I've really had, should. I'm, I've had some therapists I didn't like. Like it's not yeah. a winning thing. Like sometimes you have to try it. And even hearing that sometimes is overwhelming. I know because you're like, oh God, I got to find a therapist. That's going to be a whole thing. Right. And they might judge me or they might be, you know, like one of those, like, I know it all people like Mm -hmm. there's there's no magic bullet. Like there's like, you know, you know yourself better than anyone else. So I agree with you, Maddie. Just, you know, try to find something. Yeah. Something cool and do it. Can can we hear that song, Georgia, (laughs) to like cheer us up? Yeah. 
Let this song guide you. If you're not if you're not feeling good, wait a second here. I I, I locked my. What is the song laptop. called, by the way? Does it have a it's name? It's called Blue Skies. Okay, really? fair enough. Yeah, I don't know why. That's 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 a great title. That's a winning title. <laughs> this is totally fair use, right? Uh, if it's under 15 yeah, seconds. Yeah, except that yes. we've played it for a total of an hour. So no, we fine. haven't. No, we'll no. Talking there we go. It. We just now it's now we can All play right. it again for another like 15 uh, seconds. We're just gonna keep <laughs> playing that song. Yeah, as long as we talk oh. in between uh, each 15 seconds. Yeah, it's yeah. Fine. So, right. so should we give people some some games to, some great games to look forward to? Let's do that, please. Okay. Please. Right. So, Georgia, you want to start this week? What have you been playing this week? Oh, goodness. Okay. First started to ta- play, and, and again, I'm studying for scuba certification, so I didn't have a lot of time. Is there anything you don't You're do? You're a ninja and a scuba? <laughs> are you also studying falconry? I mean, what, do, what to, are you yes. not doing? I'm going to study falconry. How did you know that? <laughs> No, I'm not kidding. What is it, I'm serious. You're, you're not How serious. How did you know that? What? I swear on my life. Are you kidding me? You're, you're Wait, seriously why? studying what? Falcon? Why? I want to. Yes. How did you know that? Someone told you. No, I just like. No. I, I just Shut pulled up. like the strangest thing I could think of out of my head and you're actually doing it? <laughs> yes. What game are you playing besides Falcon? In September, I'm going to do Falconry. We need to talk about this when after I, the show. I used what to game? play yeah, a lot of like after dark, whatever, like World of Warcraft and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm spending all this time leveling up a character. I'm going to level up me and do all the cool stuff that my characters can do. So I was like, I'm going to do falconry because that's just like the coolest thing to ever say that I get to do. And do, do you know how, like in a James Bond movie, he gets in a tank and knows how to drive a tank, and then gets in a jet and knows how to fly a jet? That's Georgia. Well, <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm starting to be convinced you're not a real person. I, I I'm going back to the disembodied voice on the internet. I can't believe theory. you actually just threw that out there. That's like this, I'm like going through. I started sweating. That was just like you've been like you've been stalking. Me. I am not. I promise you, I'm not stalking you. I just pulled like the weirdest thing I can think of out of my head. Let's think of if more there's a weird really stuff. strange weird thing. Georgia does it. That's yeah. What, that's Georgia. Have you have you ever done fencing? How about, I, I how have, about paintball? Are you doing? I that? love paintball. I'm a paint like Dave and I have. Maybe uh, we already had a conversation about this. I also love paintball. But paintball's not really all that unusual. No, it isn't. I'm just trying to think of stuff. I don't know. All right. So what are you playing, Georgia? <laughs> um, okay. So I, I decided to get this game called Rules, which is funny because I'm like exactly because I'm kind of oppositional. So I was like, oh, you know what? I can follow rules. I can't follow rules. I don't like rules and I can't follow them. So I um, that that game's gone. And um, <laughs> then I played a geometry just because and I that I got rid of that game too and now I'm playing Boggle which I know sounds like nerdy goodness but I love Boggle I'm sorry I love Boggle it's like a word game where you have to like link the words together yeah Boggle's awesome I love thank you thank you yeah it is no I played Boggle don't make me do it don't make me do oh that's it I gotta when I think about Boggle I (laughs) sorry everyone's gonna stop don't stop the podcast Boggle's great Boggle you don't like, wait, now I don't know what you think of Boggle anymore. I'm all turned around. Do you like it or not? I I, I love Boggle. <laughs> that it sounds like somebody like has a gun behind you and is forcing you to say that. I don't know what's <laughs> No, well I, I think about Boggle like growing up in Mississippi and like the old women at my church would play Boggle. Oh. <laughs> That's what I think oh, of Boggle. Okay. So, there we go. That's me. 
That's me. Yeah. Okay. But were the old women at your church they studying falconry? They didn't falcon. Well, you should yeah. see me in the scuba yeah. gear. I look so ridiculous. I look so – and trying to just get into the gear, I'm like I need a, sh- a giant shoehorn. Like it was not an easy feat. So it's it's yeah. Can we like get a picture of you in scuba gear and then me in my motorcycle <laughs> yes. armor? It'll be like Which who wore it cooler? better? Yes, let's do that. I'll send it. I'll send <laughs> who wore it, who wore it best? Yeah. I'm excited about this. I'm excited about both of you wearing skin-tight bodysuits and posting pictures of it for no, some no, reason. No, this is not. It is so many yeah. levels of. Yeah. That, that does sound slightly ill-advised, but yeah. It, you know it's, what? It's, I don't care. I want to oh, no, see no, it. No, no, no. So... I don't have to worry at all. Brie has to worry, but I will. I might lose half my Twitter followers, but besides that, there is no Why risk here. Why would you here. lose them? What? Because you I look so them. scary. No, no, no. I look scary, crazy. Like, I look ridiculous in this suit. Like, just Because of the mask? It's the, the flippers, the mask. It's it's um not my suit. Like, they just give you a suit when you start training to be certified. And it's just so funny looking. I look... Do you have lumps in weird places? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm trying to picture this. Is it like the arms are too long for you? It's, it's like my head's, like, squeezed too tight. And then, oh. like, I end up with, like... I'll send you the picture. You okay. have, Does it have like have Hello Kitty the on the front or something? Oh, I wish. I wish. It's not. It's like. No. I like how Hello Kitty is Steve's go-to for like a terrifying image. Anyway, you you sorry. have no idea what I have to live with. So <laughs> every time I talk to Steve on a weekend or text him, he's like, "Can't talk. I'm an American Girl with my dog." Yeah, Steve so spends like... a lot of time at American Girl, but we can talk about that later. Steve, yeah, what are you yes. playing? Yeah. You go yeah. second. You never go second. Uh, so. I tried to play some more of The Last of Us, and it's not happening. And what What do you mean? What's not happening? My wife gave up on it. Okay. She's, she's done. Cause I, and I don't think it's very fun to watch anyway. Why do you think she gave up on it? I'm, like, psychoanalyzing this already. Because, Why do you because think she... I, I am so terrible at this game that it's, like, an hour of <laughs> watching me, like, fumble around with zombies for, like, five minutes of story. So I'm going to kind of transition that to my morning game for the time being and see if I can get through it a little bit more. I'm Morning game? The game he plays on his treadmill. Yeah, when morning. I play on the, the, the bicycle oh, at 530 cool, in the morning. cool, cool. You have bifurcated, designated... I, have I you do. not noticed this about him? Because I have. He has games that he plays while he exercises in the morning alone, and he has games that he plays at night after the kids go to bed. That's yeah. like how Steve lives his life. And then I have the games that I play with the kids. So, so, But I did finish up Wolfenstein The New Order this week, so that was that was what I ended up playing. And that was I'm, I'm still just as happy with that game as I was. I'm originally. surprised that you're that happy with a shooter. I feel like I need to play it because I'm... You, you're into it. Well, it's it's kind of, I mean, part of it is personal to me, too, because right, right. it's pretty rare to have any sort of a Jewish character in a game, and let alone one that actually goes out of its way to speak Yiddish. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. So that was kind of, and I'm, I'm kind of spoiling it a little bit, but so that was kind of a thing, and I thought... <laughs> No, don't spoil the wolf. You know what? You know what? No, you, you like you make fun, but the story is actually pretty compelling, all things considered. And I, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know why this particular shooter kind of drew me, where like something like a Call of Duty doesn't. But maybe because it's more of an old school shooter that I'm used to. Like I played the original Wolfenstein, mm-hmm. and I played, uh, you know, I played Doom and whatever. So, so that was that was one thing. And then I, I for whatever reason, randomly started playing Rock Band Blitz again this week. Which I forgot how much I love that game. So I've been playing that with my daughter, and my daughter's been starting again to rock music. So that's you know, so that's kind of awesome. So we've been, 
So we've been uh, so we've been playing that together a little bit. So that's what I've been doing. So I'm kind of just kind of in a holding pattern until Diablo comes out next week, and then I kind of lose my whole life to that again for like another month. I pre-ordered that to play it with. Did me. you really? I did. Okay, because uh, my wife and I are planning on playing that pretty much constantly as soon as we get it. So uh, awesome. Mm. Yeah, so we can. We I can can't promise to play constantly, but I'll play with you once. Well, or maybe twice, we. Well, so. we because so we were we were going back and forth about whether we're going to start new characters or whether we're going to continue our characters from the uh, from the PS3 version. I'll maybe. be starting at level one. Yeah, so that so maybe we'll maybe we'll start new characters because I never got to play the the Crusader class on the PC, so I might want to try that out. So we'll see. I don't know what that means, but it sounds cool. <laughs> so Bree, so Bree, what did you what did you play this week? So, uh, you know, I was a guest on the uh, the Incomparable this week. Uh, they were talking about The Last of Us, so I suicided finishing that game like frantically. So I did that, and um, yeah, my husband his his father is well, his father is having health problems. He's in the hospital, so he's been driving mm-hmm. down to Connecticut every weekend to see him. So, like, I had the whole house to myself this weekend. So, uh, I'm playing through Mass Effect yet again, because I love that game. And uh, so, I beat Mass Effect 1, which honestly is a tremendously flawed game. Like, just bad in so many ways. Like, bad. Yeah, it's weird to look back at it. (laughs) Yeah, bad combat system. But the elevators are awesome. Okay, (laughs) Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> I gotta talk about this. Like everybody complains about the elevators. Oh, I know the reason for the elevators. I just like to make right. fun of it. It's a it's a level streaming thing. Of course it's it unreal. is. And I I don't know. I bet if you timed it out for Mass Effect 2, like you're staring at just load screens forever. And it's like, would you rather stay in the game and hear a conversation or see a load screen? Because it's the same amount of time you're gonna be waiting. So I don't know. But uh, anyway, I also started Mass Effect 2. Again, and I really had this this moment because I hadn't played it in you know like a year and a half of really being overwhelmed by how great a game this is. Like I really think it's going to go down the history books as being as good as Final Fantasy VI is. Just the story is amazing. the The gameplay is, I, I think it's timeless. I really think it's that good. The gameplay systems that they've made. Yeah, I have to say, just looking at it, like the look of the game, the way they've done the textures and the lighting, I just, I'm looking at it and like, I don't know why I own a PS4. Like, because this game looks so fantastic. So anyway, I'm working my way through that. And because I have all the DLC, like it's probably gonna take 60 hours to get through it. You know, I'm also playing on the hardest difficulty. So, and then I'll move on to Mass Effect 3. But how's that Paragon treating you? Uh, can't do it. I deleted, <laughs> deleted the save because I'm like, I can't be this nice. It's just not fun. <laughs> and started over a rogue character. And, you know, my shepherd shoots first and doesn't ask questions. So <laughs> that will shock you. <laughs> yeah, really. That's, that's, that's very, that's Maddie, very Maddie, which, you. which way do you play Mass Effect? I, I actually play Paragon. What? I, I thought we were friends. You know, um I do some I do some of the other options, but there are some that are too mean for me. Like what? Oh, I don't know, I'd have to think of it. But I do really enjoy watching the Commander Shepherd is a bee video on YouTube <laughs> because yeah. it has all the best lines that she does. But there there are just some situations where 
I don't know. It's usually like the overarching plot things where I always want to feel like a hero. It's probably just some problem with my own psychology where I always want to feel like everybody likes me. I don't know. At the end of the day, I'm not actually that tough. Spoiler alert. Oh, my goodness. I still see you as it. I'm sorry. Um. Well, I, I think I think like in real life I try to be. But if you actually talk to me one on one, I end up being really nice. I don't know. That's probably true. Brie, is that true? I don't know. I think you're nice. I, I, but I like I perform think... meanness on Twitter, so people are surprised by that. <laughs> yeah, Maddie, it's it's we've talked real stuff about depression today. Like, I I think you're a nice person. I I like you. Aww. I think I'm glad to have you as a friend. I mean, you're cool. I like um, you too. Yeah, me too. I like I everybody Georgia. here. I'm glad Aww. to have group, you. All virtual as group hug, everybody. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> No, it's it's the way I play Shepard is, I mean, maybe it's because I watch 24 so so obsessively, but it's like, I will do anything to stop the Reapers. If that means like this guy for uh, your Project Overlord having to strap one guy in and have his eyes pried open and like wire his brain to like interface with the Reapers and make them think he's their god. Like one guy sacrificed for the entire galaxy. Like that's not a fun moral choice to make, but it's the right moral choice to make. Except that you totally don't need to do that, though. There I mean, are a lot of situations thing. in the game, like just little decisions, though, where you're killing people who haven't attacked you first, and usually I'm like, I don't want to do that. I, I don't know why, but I tend to wait until characters attack me. I do a lot of weird role-playing stuff in games, too. Like, when I played Tomb Raider, I didn't kill any of the animals, except for the one deer that you have to kill. I'm really weird, so... I don't know. (laughs) I really like... I don't know if that's weird. I I can get that. Yeah. You want to be true to your character. Yeah, exactly. The other thing is that a lot of the games, not Mass Effect, but a lot of games where there's a morality system, what ends up happening... Well, this is kind of true in Mass Effect if you're going to say what I think you're going to say. You know, taking the red choice, whatever red turns out to be, ends up more often than not making the game more difficult. Like if you go into, like in Skyrim, if you go into somebody's house and steal out of their out of their house, then all of a sudden you got a mob of pitch, guys with pitchforks and torches. That's true. And it's like, well, yeah. I don't really i have a hard enough time with the games i don't need to make it harder on myself right so my instinct my instinct is to go the good route because normally the the evil route or the the rogue route typically ends up making things harder for me in the long run well but harder isn't necessarily bad i'll play a hard game i'll play a game on hardcore that's not the issue for me i think maybe it's because i played stuff like call of duty for so long that i'm like these are the choices that I make. I don't kill people until the cutscene is over. And like, I don't know if that's an issue where I'm like hardwired to do certain gamer things that Paragon is basically written to fulfill. Like it's this very like classic video game hero. I don't know. I just feel bad doing I am like, oh, like I, <laughs> I'm too invested. I'm like the person that would like feel like take have to take all their stuffed animals down to watch TV with me because I'd feel bad for the ones that I left back there. So. Oh, I did that too. <laughs> I did that too. I would have to like, even today, because I still sleep, sleep with stuffed animals, like I rotate mm-hmm. them out because I don't yeah, want them yeah. to feel bad. Yeah. So. I, I just, I'm like, oh, I can't help it. No, but my my Commander Shepard, it's like, I, I would, it would be really clear here. I don't take enjoyment out of being sadistic like especially now that i know the game so well that i know which moral choices i can make so by the end of it i usually have like you know a third of a paragon bar for like the choices that just feel wrong to me 
And I play it like it's my story and what I would really make in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not not with knowing like that if I do it either way, like it's going to be okay and the math is going to be okay. Like it's my choices that I'm making in that moment. What mm-hmm. feels right to me. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to do that too, but I think that what I see as feeling normal to me is probably predicated upon how I have already, like the media that I already consume and what I do. Like that, I have internalized certain narratives already. It's so, it's weird to think about it that way, but it's like, oh, because I watch this specific thing, this is what I think a hero looks like, so this is what I'm doing. So maybe I should watch more 24 because I'm not an interesting person and I should do that. So I'll check that out. I want to see Jack Bauer and Maddie Myers. Mostly, I mean, you know that I'm really into Murder, She Wrote, so I'm more into like the Paragon route. I'm not joking. I actually really like that show a lot. Oh, that's so cute. I love that show. Anyway, so I played a video game this week, everyone. What did you play, Maddie? What did you I play? I played a video game. Um, so there's a new version of Street Fighter 4 out. Ooh. Sort of new-ish Ooh. that I think Georgia played a couple weeks back. And I finally oh, am yeah. playing it now. It's Ultra Street yeah. Fighter 4. And it has poison in it as a playable character. And whenever you restart playing Street Fighter 4, if you actually want to get any good at it, you want to start with the Shoto characters, which are Ken and Ryu and boring, boring. No one wants to play as them. But if you want to get good, you have to practice that stuff. And it is so cool that Poison counts as a Shoto character, because now I can justify doing Hadoukens as a lady, and I don't have to practice those moves while playing as Ken, because I really don't care about playing as Ken. Although... Although his Ultra 2 special is adorable. He does a little head cock. He looks like he's doing a dance. He's very I'm just going to say that he's adorable. So Poison is my main. Poison is so good yeah, in this game. Yeah, she's very good. But my, my problem that I have with her in Ultra Street Fighter 4 is because she was in Tekken, uh, Tekken Cross Street Fighter. And mm-hmm. like I realized the, the character is kind of a little camp, you know, like with her sexuality. Yeah, but they made is. it so over the top with this that do you know that moment it's like a woman that you're you're watching it and you're like uh this makes me feel creepy yeah i guess so i play so many fighting games and they're so bad with this yeah i i am like kind of desensitized to some of this stuff i i'm sure you're right Mm -hmm. obviously this is not something that i think about that often enough probably twitter please don't be mad at me i'm sorry but personally I really like playing as her anyway yeah. because I just think she's really fun. Yeah. But I also have been known to play as Ivy in Soul Calibur, and I know that people have the same problems with Ivy. I still really like her. I don't know. I honestly like being able to play as a woman no matter what is so important to me. Mm-hmm. And when I was growing up, fighting games were one of the only games where you even could. Because mm-hmm. even when I played shooters in high school, there were no playable women characters in Counter-Strike, that's for sure. And that bugged me. But I could play... I played fighting games during that time a lot, too, and I could always play a Sofitia, even though Sofitia dressed like she was about to go to bed with a man that she really wanted to impress. I could still play a <laughs> Sofitia. And, like, that was really important. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not great, but... She's a a good fighter. She's a real. (laughs) You know what I mean, though. Like the way that these women are depicted in these games. I'm just saying she she was much more positive in Street Fighter Cross Tekken, and they they kind of exaggerate. What did you think of DiCaprio? Because I think she is a really interesting fighter. I haven't played all the characters yet. I am doing like 
a hardcore like I am going to get really good at poison thing yeah, right now. That's a good investment. So I'm yeah. doing a lot of training mode. Zach and I are playing together a lot. He's doing Ken and I'm doing poison and we're just like playing. We have not explored the other characters like at all. We're like just actually playing. So I don't, I don't know. That's where we're at. But I, I would like to try some of the other characters once I feel like I have a handle on it. It has been a while since I played this game like a lot. Like I, I've dabbled in it. I played a little bit of it when Cross Tekken came out in the sense that like I kind of remembered what it was like with Cross Tekken because that game is well, you know, it's Street Fighter and Tekken put together, and I was never a Tekken person, but um, I was sort of a Street Fighter person for a little bit. So I, I don't know, revisiting it is cool, remembering things that I learned a while ago and reprising them poorly again has been fun. So I, yeah, I, I was actually I'm I'm shocked. I'd thought and and I thought that she was a stripper, um, <laughs> because she's wearing like the the cop hat. Well, it looks like a she looks hat. more like I would say like professional dominatrix is what they're trying to invoke here. So still a sexual image for but sure. She's not. She's not. That's not her. She, that's not. I mean, like that's not her she's occupation. A, but I would she's say a wrestling that's manager what they're invoking because she has handcuffs she has a chain and yeah. she has the riding crop that's her main weapon well she so says I think there are, bdsm jokes too, yeah 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 so, yeah so i yeah. think we're meant to assume that she is a dominatrix in the end she ends up having cody guy and hugo and relento to form a kiss style rock band that's right that's so. the ending for her so there we go wait are you serious She's, yeah that's the best possible <laughs> ending for anyone in like, life so yeah that, that is pretty awesome I am totally there. Maddie, will you play me in Street Fighter Cross Tech? I mean, uh, Ultra Street Fighter 4 sometime? I would love I'm to play it. I'm not very that. good. Oh. You can tell me how to be better. How about that? Instead of playing one another, you can give me like a poison lesson. Because I'm not very good. You've been saying you don't know what you're going to do with our Twitch stream. That's what you do with our Twitch stream. Mm, yeah, yeah, I was saying on there that I thought it would be nice if like... We- we used it for some Street Fighter things. Because I'm trying to teach myself again. Yeah, yeah. I'll give it a shot. I don't know how to stream, so I guess I'm going to have to finally stop watching other people's fantastic streams as I've been doing as a mooch for my entire gaming life as long as streaming existed. Now I finally will have to try to try it myself. I don't know. (laughs) I'm scared. It'll be a learning and growing experience. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to. But I guess I'll try. Thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, make sure to go uh, over to iTunes and review the show. We always appreciate that, and that helps us out a lot. You can find some Canadians. Please do that because I only get the Canadian reviews. So yeah, we please. we don't want we don't want mm-hmm. to have to you uh, call Canada and ask a band again like we did last week. So let's uh, <laughs> let, let's get some good Canadian reviews up there too. You can go visit the show notes either at isometricshow.com or at five by five tv slash isometric. Uh, you can send us your feedback via email to feedback at isometricshow.com or you can tweet your your feedback to the show and please follow the show at isometric show and of course you can always go visit all of us uh individually i am at wicked good and brie where can people find you space cat gal and maddie samus clone and georgia at georgia underscore dow or so, G-Dog. G-Dog. Or G- at G-Dog. <laughs> at G-Dog. You better, go, you better go register that before somebody else ends I'm up sure with a parody account. I'm sure people have stolen that Somebody already. has probably gotten G-Dog. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try. That's so cool. So uh, thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you next week. Have a great one. Aww. This to, this week's show is not going to be bad. This is going to <laughs> this be... This is going to be the, the good one. The this good show... One. <laughs> 
We're going to finally do a good show. Not like all those other weeks. <laughs> it, won't, it won't be a train wreck of awesome. It'll just be awesome. Nobody will make jokes about us derailing from the topic. We're going to stay on topic the entire time. <laughs> that sounds like us. You can That's try. not what people tune in for. What do they tune in for? I don't know. I would like to understand. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Bree keeps trying to gently determine what people tune in for. <laughs> I'm an engineer. I'm an no, engineer. I know, I, I know, but, but have you noticed that no one can tell us? Yeah. We really ought to be playtesting these episodes before we release that them. That je ne quoi. Do you want less Brianna? Do you want more Georgia? Do you want the full Georgia Dow? Like, that's what I need to understand. That's That's this episode, right? This is going to be the Georgia show. None of us are going to talk this time. It's just going to be Oh, no, don't do that. That makes me think I'm all alone. It's like, hello, world. (laughs) Just do crickets. (laughs) I'm like, every time I do a long monologue and no one speaks, I'm like, oh, they might, I might be all alone. I think that's great. I'm so self-centered that if I do a long monologue, I forget all of you are here and I'm okay with it. You're great, though. You just, you're always thinking of others. You're great. I don't know. I aspire to be like that. Oh, no. I listened to her. I listened to her on Vector this week. They were making fun of Americans. Wow. I I saw your tweet about that. making fun of Americans? I'm not. I'm married to an American. Actually, you know what? I think that's right. I think you were staying out of it and letting the others make fun of Americans. We really deserve it this week, like in a bad way. I know. I kind of get it. (laughs) That's probably not even what it was about. We deserve it all the time anyway. I I love that you thought I was the Steve of of Vector. (laughs) You said it was was the bizarro world, isometric. I, I, I actually, I, I ran out of characters on Twitter. I actually wanted to call it the mirror, mirror version of, of uh, isometric. But oh wow, <laughs> what what is mirror, mirror isometric? Like I know Steve has a goatee, but like um. Brianna, Brianna is very nice and is a kindergarten <laughs> teacher who develops apps. And George is the Antichrist, and <laughs> and Maddie is Katie Couric, I guess. So. Oh my god. <gasps> oh goodness i think i got more interesting though that's the sad part <laughs> no georgia, I'm the one, like everyone's like actually georgia would have been improved that's can that i tell you i had a conversation with steve this week and it's like no one could leave the show no one could leave we don't know why this is working but no one can leave the show you're ever. all kidnapped if any of us gets disillusioned with the games industry it's too bad that's why you're we trying to, to figure stay. out what works so you're like you can vote me out I remember no. the beginning I remember no, you, the beginning Georgia you were the person who kept saying that you wanted to be voted out like it's not why. that we want to vote you out we want to t- like tie you to a chair so you can't leave us yeah, yeah. and yet you keep still being like if you guys still want me here you're like you're like a I don't know I not not to like invoke a racist stereotype here, but you're like the Jewish mother of the podcast in the sense that you're like, if you don't want me here, I can go. And everybody's like, we want you here. Jeez. Yeah. When John Syracuse said you were his favorite, I was like, fuck Georgia Dow. <laughs> Did you really feel that way? No. I was into it. I liked it. I like the idea of John Syracuse listening to our show and, and being refreshed by George's kindness. He, he said I was he said today or yesterday or today. I was doing a good job love hating Nintendo in his on his behalf. So that wow, was like Wow, well that's good. Wow. Yeah, that's high praise. It kind of sounds like John Syracuse hates me and Bree though. He hasn't said anything about us. He did he did say that he hated all the video games that I liked, which is true of everyone, so I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> 